KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. Childhood obesity has been an ongoing problem in the United States for some time. And there is a new report out from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation that examines childhood obesity and its trends. To learn more about what's in the report, caught up with Jamie Bussell. She is a senior program officer at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. We talk about the report and what her concerns are about how the pandemic may exacerbate an already bad situation and how we can try to make things better. Give a listen. So let's kind of start at the beginning. How big a problem right now is the concept of childhood obesity in the United States? Childhood obesity continues to be um, an epidemic in our country, and I would argue one of the most complicated public health challenges of our time. And this was something before anybody knew what COVID-19 was. This was a serious problem in the country, right? You bet it was. So... How has the pandemic exacerbated this? So it's it's interesting because I think that the pandemic and the obesity epidemic are intersecting in many, many ways. As an example, you know, the, the data on impacts of COVID very much reflect or mimic the data uh, on childhood obesity. So the pandemic we know is hit hardest in communities of color. It's disproportionately affecting kids and families from lower incomes. And broadly speaking, it's deepened already um, existing health inequities. And that's true for kids and families. I think the COVID epidemic really underscores the clear and urgent need to reform the longstanding discriminatory systems and policies that have harmed our health, um, particularly the health and well-being of communities of color, communities farthest from economic opportunity. And interestingly and not surprisingly, public health advocates have long been advocating for a lot of those similar changes to address childhood obesity. Um, so you know, again, obesity, childhood obesity, obesity is impacted by so many factors. It's not just whether or not a child or a family has access to healthy, affordable food or opportunities for safe physical activity. Of course, those matter and are important, but just as important are things like, does that family have a stable income? Do they have a safe place to live? Do they have reliable transportation? Do they have health insurance? Do they have access to high quality, affordable health care and child care and access to healthy food? So I think what the pandemic has done is really shined a light on the imperative for us to really be rethinking the systems and policies um, that are driving our health and well-being and um, making it very, very difficult for kids and families to have the opportunities to live well and be healthy. Is there a way, have you got, did you guys track data that can show just how much it's gotten worse during this pandemic? So interestingly, the data that we have actually comes from a, a national survey of kids between the ages of 10 and 17. And that's data that's um, combined from the years 2018 and 2019 and shows us that approximately 15% of kids in that age range have obesity. 
Now, we will not necessarily be able to say exactly the impact on prevalence rates as a consequence of COVID for a few more years. So again, we can certainly hypothesize that given the school closures, the difficulties and challenges of accessing healthy, affordable foods, the decrease in opportunities to be outside and be physically active, all of those drivers are likely to um, potentially increase rates, but it's too early for us to say we just don't have the science yet around that. So they're hypotheses. So let's turn the corner here. How can we make these things better? What are some, you know, start from the, the things that maybe are the quote unquote easiest to the grander big picture things that yeah. could be game changers, but won't come easy. Yeah. So again, you know, this is really complicated. And with obesity, with childhood obesity, there has never been a magic bullet, if you will. And so there isn't a silver bullet here. Um, you know, some of the policy strategies that we are illuminating within the new report that we launched this morning have to do with strengthening and modernizing some of our flagship nutrition programs. So things like WIC and SNAP and the school meals program and other policies so that every family and child has access to affordable, high quality food. Um, more specifically, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation supports an increase in SNAP benefits up to 15% for families during this economic downturn. Um, and when we look at a program like WIC, for instance, we're really calling for potentially specific things that would change eligibility. So as an example, with the WIC program, kids today are eligible for WIC up until the age of five. We're pushing for that eligibility to be increased up to the age of six. And that would actually um, remove what's often a gap in terms of the feeding program. So you have kids eligible up to five, but then a gap before they're actually eligible for the school meals program. So upping that to age six could potentially close that gap. And that's just you know one example. But I think all of the policies, especially within the report, have proven health benefits and they would all be incredibly helpful in not only responding to the pandemic, but more broadly in helping kids grow up healthy. Now, you know, of course, everyone in our country needs reliable access to Healthcare, affordable options for childcare. No one, especially our children, should ever go hungry in this country. Everyone deserves a place to call home. So, you know, all of those determinants are critically important, you know, as we think about, you know, both addressing childhood obesity and also um, addressing and rebuilding in the aftermath of COVID when we're out of the place that we're in. Kind of wanted to go back to the, you, you talk about the data from 2018, 2019, you can hypothesize. How concerned are you about and how concerned are the people that were involved in the study, what we're going to see about childhood obesity through this? Because, you know, we've kind of talked around, but you mentioned kids are just sitting around more. They're, you know, even in situations where maybe they're not challenged uh, financially, you have a lot of kids that are probably snacking constantly. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things working against this fight right now. So how concerned yeah. are you about the 
what we're going to see once you do break down this data. Yeah, I, I think we're super concerned. And look, you know, it's taken us a long time on the childhood obesity front to get to the place that we're at. So we're not going to, you know, turn the tide next year. This is really the long game and we need to have a long view here. I mean, it's going to take us time to get out of where we're at. And so, you know, I think that all of us that that are in this space deeply have not at all been satisfied with where prevalence rates are. And that was actually pre-COVID. I think there's great concern around the negative impacts of COVID on the childhood obesity crisis. And again, I'll just say, I think COVID has really laid bare these stark health and social inequities in our country. And really underscored what I think is the urgent need to to build or rebuild healthy and equitable communities that can really withstand future public health crises like the, the one that we're in today. Because this has laid bare so many things that uh, I think most people kind of assume, but it, it kind of slaps you in the face with it right now. Do we have an opportunity to to take the better road now because it's kind of been stripped down to its bones? I think we have an unprecedented opportunity here. So look, you know, hunger, issues like that are not new issues in this country. I think what is new is this incredible sense of urgency. Um, And so, you know, I think with that, we have this unprecedented opportunity to really think hard about, you know, the, the America that we are and how and what we all need to be doing to transform to the America that we need to be, which is a society where all kids, all families, all people have a fair and just opportunity to live the best, healthiest life possible. Now, we're far from that vision. Um, but, you know, I believe that we can, I'm definitely a person who sees the glass half full. So I believe we can emerge from this crisis a stronger nation, a better nation, a more resilient nation, a more equitable nation. But achieving all of those ambitious goals um, is going to require enlightened leadership. It's going to require policies and systems changes and investing in strategies that really prioritize the health and well-being of kids and families, uh, prioritize equity, especially in the communities that have historically been so marginalized. So, you know, while I'm optimistic and I think we have an unprecedented opportunity, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take, you know, every influencer, every policymaker at multiple levels of government, you know, saying that that all of these things matter if we want to come out of this a more fair, more just, more equitable nation. You talk about changes you'd like to see, and most of those programs were at the the government level. Is there a role here in the private sector as far as, I know one of the problems is a lot of neighborhoods that uh, are poor don't have a supermarket, and so you end up having to buy cheaper food. It becomes this, you know, circle you can't break out of. Is there a role for the private sector? Yeah, I think that we all have a role to play. So I think um, industry, whether it's food industry, beverage industry, I think um, they need to be part of the solution. And I think we, you know, as the public need to applaud them when they're doing the right thing and really need to come down hard when they're not. And so, you know, as an example, 
Um, we know that there's some pretty, we know the impact of sugar-sweetened beverage consumption on, on kids' health and well-being. And we also know that there are pretty insidious marketing tactics that are deployed or employed by uh, the beverage companies um, that specifically target kids and very specifically target kids of color. Science is strong there. We know that's happening. And that's actually something that needs to be stopped. So, you know, again, I think that industry has a role to play on food reformulation, on what they're marketing or not marketing to our kids and families. Um, and we all have a role to play here and a responsibility um, to the next generation. You mentioned the sugary sweet, uh, sugary beverages. Philadelphia, they, they passed the, the tax. Uh, on sugar. Have you guys seen any impact? Not, maybe not specifically Philadelphia, but they're not the only municipality that has put the tax on uh, sugary beverages. Have you seen think, anything where yeah. we can see if it's working or what the effect it's having? So that's a lot of what we're doing is, is studying the impact of the tax. So, you know, in Philadelphia and other places, we know that impact has um, differed across populations, but it seems like the impact of the tax has had, you know, positive impacts, particularly on communities hardest hit by obesity. So, you know, I think that that is absolutely a promising strategy. I think we need to continue to do the evidence building so that we could be standing on strong footing in terms of the science to then be able to be promulgating um, PACs. And uh, again, I think it's a promising strategy. And I think what's really important is that we're promulgating an equitable tax. And what I mean by that is ensuring that the revenue goes back into supporting public health, whether, you know, in Philadelphia, it's going back to supporting early care and education, but that that's really dictated by and defined by um, people in the community. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.